ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. This is episode 64. Uh, thanks for joining us. We talk about everything from cooking to the latest, I don't know, cookware. Because we want to. Yeah, basically, this is nothing more than a cooking podcast, if you've never <laughs> tuned in before. Um, cooking with Chris and Andre. <laughs> and we're, we're super glad you joined us. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. Uh, man, um, again, we, we got through the the hard part pretty quickly. I'm, I'm doing my best to not, you know, like, intentionally... T- throw you off i guess because i was on a I, I just it wasn't even really intentional i thought that i had time to get my little joke in and then you were already ready to roll and so i just threw off the whole thing so now i'm just like just shut up let him get through the first part and then we can go give you a rest. chance to say something chris just wait your turn <laughs> cooking so what's funny is i i hate to be late as we saw um, going to pure soul like i <laughs> that was um that was a fun experience yeah um i mean i had a great time hanging out with you guys uh the the car ride was also fun yeah uh, andre missing his turn and then having to be three minutes late when he wasn't even really late it was just <laughs> um so yeah for those of you who aren't from i guess around here or aren't vegan and aren't in the know there was a there's a restaurant pure soul that's in durham um that opened i think a couple of months ago like kind of soft open but they had their official grand opening um was this weekend and so andre and i took our lovely significant others with us to Go try it out. Um, really good, like, southern comfort food. Um, oh. I had the chicken drumsticks with rice, uh, mac and cheese. Uh, what was the other thing I got? I don't remember. There was something else I thought. No. It was all really good, Oh, the though. sweet potato fries, right? Oh, yeah, sweet potato fries. Those were okay. They yeah. looked really good, but by the time I got to them, they were just kind of meh. They were, like, there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had the uh, chicken sandwich, a fried chicken sandwich. It was actually pretty good. Everything was, um, um, it was southern soul food. So, uh, like eastern southern soul food would be my take. Uh, it was pretty good. I could definitely see going there for brunch. So, definite shout out to Pure Soul. Super um, glad you're in the circuit now. That's what I call places where I will frequent and go grab something to eat. So. Yeah, that's on the list. Yeah. That's that's what that's how we that's what we say it's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> um speaking of like restaurants, Taco Bell is trying to Okay, wait, uh, but but Taco Bell's not a restaurant. You can't say speaking of restaurants and then say Taco you're right. Bell. You're, you're right. But <laughs> <laughs> Everything you just said was true, but, <laughs> but I've never correct no- you in public. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> that was more like a, a quick fact check. Um, they're actually trying to guess go and create their own. Uh, well, they have. Let me start with this. They have a pretty large vegan and vegetarian following. So every time they change their menu and they they remove something, people obviously get upset by it. So uh, it's pretty interesting to see they're trying to you know get ahead of beyond meat and see how that works out for them 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess it was really only a matter of time before some of those larger corporations decided they didn't want to pay the exorbitant price of Beyond Meat or Impossible, you know, in order to have it. And so why not go out and figure out how to kind of make your own or grow your own? It's plant-based, right? right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all plant-based. I mean, I you know, it's funny because I do remember that when, when before I was vegan and I started hearing about like Beyond Meat and right. the, the Impossible Meat and I'm just like, that's gross. Like, <laughs> I don't want my meat grown in like, you know, but then, you know, I, yeah, I just, I, now it's, it's like, wait, that makes way more sense. That's way less gross than eating regular meat. <laughs> well, well, when you think about it, when you think about, uh, for example, um, a TVP, you'll find it in like canned chili. It's in a lot of the stuff that schools use, which, yeah. uh, you know, uh, which is interesting. So I think for a ground beef substitute, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that may open them up, and the flavoring is not that far off. So I'm not, and this is not nothing against Impossible or Beyond. It's just a matter of, from a restaurant's point of view, if you can keep your food costs down, you can definitely not run out of the product. So a few, a couple months ago, we went to Pizza Hut because they had the, I think it was the Beyond topping for the pizza. Mm-hmm. And they were out. <laughs> so it was like for like a couple months we splurged and we'd get like a it was actually a pretty good pizza, but then they were just out. So yeah. So what good is it? Yeah. <laughs> you can't get it, right? Right. So I think that trend is gonna continue. It's just a matter of, you know, what we uh how do restaurants pivot to what the consumers are looking for. Yeah. Um, it's um you know, and it's interesting because it obviously everybody has their own kind of taste and i think you know flavor expectation plays a large part in it like what Mm -hmm. you kind of expect something to taste like i think i told you and i may mention it last week um i ordered a new cookbook called foodgasm um and i was really excited to try some of these recipes and the first like two or three recipes that i tried in the book I was just like, what is this lady thinking? Like <laughs> the fried rice recipe that she had called for the like Chinese five spices blend. And part of it is just that I cannot stand like anise, like the the black licorice right. you know, flavor. Like yeah. it grosses me out. And it's heavy on that but then it had like i don't know just everything that was like nutmeg or something that was just like kind of sweet and it was for a you know like a fried rice and it just i don't know we took a few bites and we were just like no and just scraped the rest of it off into the trash can i felt bad i hate wasting food but i'm like i'm not gonna eat this this is gross um i'm trying to remember what the other thing was that we made that was not very good but I did, we did finally find, we tried like the queso recipe. Right. Um, and that was good. The quesadillas that we made with it were really good. But even then, like we ended up changing things about the recipe. Right. To try, because I've just gotten to the point now where I'm like, like, this is the third time in the last week I've found a vegan recipe where they call for cashews, but it doesn't say to soak your cashews before you put them in the blender. <laughs> it's like, just throw your unsalted raw cashews in the blender with your ingredients. And it's like, okay, first off, not everybody has a freaking Vitamix, right? Like right. some people have regular blenders. And second, 
even then, you still should soak that stuff. Like, otherwise, you're going to end up with this really awful, like, powder. chunky... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more like, of a powder than... Right? It is, but it, even then, like, it can't really pulverize beyond a certain point. Well, the viscosity won't, like, be right. It's what? just it's just all sorts of wrong. Um, but, so, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm still really on the fence about this cookbook. Uh, the pictures look great. You know, like, all the food looks like it would be amazing <laughs> it sounds awesome yeah and then like i tried it, i'm just like Ugh. um <laughs> it's so. because you have standards i mean well uh, i mean yeah like that's christy and i were joking we were like obviously we much we would just have a much more refined palate than this <laughs> but <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> but you're not wrong i mean when you think about it that way like there are some things i'm just like that doesn't sound halfway you know, good. And again, like I understand everybody has their own, you know, taste buds and their own, you know, like their things that they like and don't like. Right. Um, but some of these things that are just like, that's not, that's not right. You know, that's, like that's beyond questionable. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm, you never see that, like the Kaylin reacts uh, yeah. guy. It's like, that's how I feel like when I'm reading these recipes. I'm like, girl, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Oh no, she didn't. She not gonna put that in there. Like, <laughs> oh man, oh man, that is funny. That's super funny. Well, we're going on vacation and pretty soon. And um, one thing I was thinking about was because it keeps coming up, right? And you know, our, probably both of our extended friend groups, people they look at vegan or, or plant based as this monolith. And it just blows my mind to this day. It's like, so I was curious, like, as to what you thought about, because I know what I think. I'm just, I just kind of want to hear how, what are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts in terms of people viewing it as like an all or nothing or like, yeah. um, I mean, I guess to some degree, like I never really understood, I, I'd never really heard of plant-based versus vegan. Like I knew, you know, vegan and pescatarian and vegetarian and right. all that good stuff. Um, Ditto. But I hadn't really heard of plant-based until I started getting into it. And, you know, I feel like to some degree plant-based is more maybe diet focused, mm -hmm. not, not like in terms of health, but just like, you know, I'm focusing specifically on what I'm eating and kind of, you know, and that. And I feel like vegan is lifestyle. It's both that. And, and I feel like there is a maybe a little bit more focus on like the animal part of it. You know, where it's like, oh, we got to protect the animals and, you know, I can't harm the bees. And I say that as somebody that tries not to consume honey because it's like, right. whatever. Um, but I also kind of make fun of myself for it because I do realize that sometimes... <laughs> Like sometimes I'm like, ah, I mean, you know, they're bees, but but at the same time I'm like, okay, well, it's not it's not my decision, you know, like it shouldn't uh, ultimately I don't feel like it should be my decision whether or not I'm like, well, this animal is okay to uh, you know exploit, but these animals are not, and I don't know. I mean, do I feel bad when I kill a spider in my house? Like, I hope not. Sometimes. Oh, really? Helena's gotten on this kick lately where she wants me to catch them and let them go outside. What is it, a Pokemon? No, I mean, like, that'd be cool, though. <laughs> that sounds like a really great new, like, home pesticide product. 
<laughs> Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Just like these tiny little balls that you throw at spiders <laughs> in your house. <laughs> you hope that you catch them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I get it. Like I, we've talked about before, I'm not. I mean, I don't want to mistreat animals, but I I think the vegan, um, I think veganism to me is more of a lifestyle change, and so that's probably why I threw it, threw that out there. And I I yeah. think we should respect life. Um, and I'm not opposed. Like I, my biggest problem is the way we farm and raise our food. So that's what I always worry about. It's not so much that, uh, yeah. So Anyways. question for you, like yeah. leather, leather products, right? You don't have an issue with that. I'd buy leather boots tomorrow. Okay. I'd, I'd go buy a pair of Tim's tomorrow. Wouldn't, wouldn't even flinch. Um, and I know that's, but again, that goes back to, um, the industry of farming, right? So if, so you think that the the leather industry is more humane? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, what I guess my well, my point is, if we got to a point where things are priced versus the actual resource, not that we would inflate the resource and create a false demand, right? So as opposed to paying one hundred seventy dollars, one hundred eighty dollars for a pair of Timberlands, if they cost like three twenty, well, that's probably one less pair I'm going to buy over said time frame. Um, and and I was thinking like when we go on, on vacation, it's like, well, we're going we're going out of the off out of the mainland, so we're going to Puerto Rico, obviously. Um, but the seafood there is fresh caught, so it's not like you know in America where it's came more than likely from China. <laughs> so, uh, so I might, and, and there's not much of a, you know, I, I don't know yet. Cause I haven't really been to Puerto Rico, not eating meat, but I'll see, you know, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, and plan B may be like probably fish every now and then, because I know it's not sourced from, you know, six continents over just for no, no apparent reason. <laughs> like we have fish, on the con- salmon farm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, what are we doing guys? So, uh, but I, I think big it, money in salmon farming. Well, I'm sure there is, but I'm thinking not. about getting into it. <laughs> is that a, is that a TV reference or something? No, I just, oh, I was like, idiot. but you're setting me up. I'm like, I haven't watched that. show. I'm always setting you up. That's, that's the problem, Andre. And or, or is that, that's my secret. That's your know. secret. Which one is it? <laughs> Oh man. So I, you know, I, I think that, um, like I always, I often reflect in the whole diet thing and I think it's a matter of health. And I think that as we talked about before, if your weight makes you unhealthy, change your diet and get, you know, do things to fix that. It's not about your size, but if it, if you're unhealthy, stop being unhealthy. I think, um, also for me, like heart disease and all these other things, diabetes, I I do believe the science that a lot of the foods we eat are causing these diseases. Like like that is not a, a mystery to me. So uh, my 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 beef with seafood is I don't know where it comes from. So um, but I do believe the food that we're buying is probably making us sicker. Yeah, I mean, and I, I see. I think like even with fresh caught stuff, right. I have concerns just about, you know, like ocean pollutants and all the crap that we're 
you know, flooding out there. And I mean, I guess to some degree, even plants and vegetables, yeah, I was going to say, fruits and vegetables and stuff can absorb that too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It wasn't really an issue for me because I never ate seafood before, right? So the it's a shrimp. it's a newfound love for me. Um, like remember, I told you I just found sausage and then I stopped eating meat, so it's kind of sad. But I can get like vegan and plant-based sausage so i'm happy again because that was really sad i'm like i just found this thing like yeah i can't i still haven't found like a really consistent sausage or bacon substitute that was the other that was the other thing i tried that's what it was she has this bacon you know veggie veggie bacon and it's using Mm -hmm. zucchini like strips of zucchini that you huh. soak in this marinade and then fry up. And I don't I, know. Like it just, it just did not. No, I've seen a couple people do carrots. I haven't tried I've it yet. I've seen carrots. I've tried tempeh. Um, I haven't tried tofu yet because tofu is hard to get it that thin without it just yeah. completely disintegrating. Um, there's, a, there's a guy, something. Um, gosh, I wish I could remember his name uh, on YouTube. And he does some pretty unique recipes. He's got a bacon out of carrot recipe. Yeah. I'll look it up and try to find it. But I want, I've been meaning to try it. But go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. But bacon is one of those things. Oh, yeah. It's just bacon and sausage um, are are the two things that I haven't really found a substitute for that I'm that I can consistently enjoy. You know, right. it's like occasionally I'll try something and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. And it's like good once. And then the next time I go to taste it for whatever reason, I'm like, that's <laughs> not what I remember it tasting like last time. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I've had COVID like 15 times this year. And I just didn't realize it. Uh, but yeah, it just, I would love to find a, you know, fairly simple, like at home recipe to be able to do it. Satan is the one. So there was Upton Naturals, um, mm-hmm. does a lot of the Satan stuff. And they had a bacon that I tried that was amazing. And I have never been able to find it anywhere ever <laughs> since that one time. Yeah. Like, I think, I think I got it at Thrive Market or something like that, but they were sold out of it immediately afterwards and never got it back. Um, it's been a while, so I probably need to go look again and see if I can find it because, yeah. um, I. But yeah, like that. It's, I don't know. Bacon was one of my consistent things when I was a meat eater. Like I loved me some bacon. Give me a BLT all day, and that's like yeah. I, I've done some avocado, you know, in place. And I, obviously, it's not bacon, but it's like veggie sandwiches and stuff. I've gotten very comfortable, you yeah. know, with like kind of that being more than sustainable um, yeah my sandwich game is like probably not falling off but i don't eat a lot of sandwiches anymore um probably i've gotten pretty used to cooking something uh so that that's kind of good but uh, again it, it's something that you just kind of grow into and get used to if i'm being honest you know um so for anybody out there looking to or looking t- to understand the um, I think it's more of a social question than an actual question. Like, you know, and it keeps coming up. Like I, I sent an article to you. Uh, it keeps coming up. What's the difference between being a vegan and plant-based? It's, it's literally like, it's a, I, I think it 
probably pivots more to a lifestyle change, like the whole encompassing yeah. of the animal's life cycle. Um, as opposed to, uh, I think for me, I'm more of a plant-based based on like health, long-term health, but still don't mistreat animals. I think that's you know, fundamentally wrong, but I'll Didn't buy I send you the meme that had like the follow your heart and you know all the coconut the, uh, ice cream and it's like the I'm the vegan and... for the animals and not my health starter yeah. pack. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hilarious because it's so true, right? It um, is. I mean, like I've got a freaking diet cheesecake in my freeze in my fridge that. <laughs> That stuff's pretty good. Every once in a while, you know, it's just like, gotta, gotta get me some, some sweets. Uh, but I always say I cheat with cheese every now and then. So for me, it's like, it's the, I well, I eat a lot healthier than I did almost two years ago. That's that's why I'll say that much. And um, yeah, <laughs> sometimes I go places, I'm like, that's got cheese on it, but I'm just going to get eaten today. Yep. What are you going to do? Yeah. Well, if you're, um, oh man, I, I, I miss talking about sports, but sports, nothing I have for, like I've been reading. It's all bad. It's all bad. It's all yeah. terrible. I mean, so like, I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but the whole super league. Oh, just like, I was yeah, reading that- the, a New York Times article that was basically outlining the whole timeline of, of everything falling apart. Uh, very interesting. <laughs> well, between FIFA and the EU, I, yeah. I guess it was never going to happen. Um, and that's sad and unfortunate. But um, And I know we talked last week about how you know mixing up the leagues makes it a little bit, you know, it makes it interesting. Adidas has got this new ad campaign. Where they're talking, uh, well, they've got the first South African black team captain, and uh, there's basketball players with these unique stories. And I, I'm gonna, what's well, I know what they're doing. <laughs> it's like it's really like a uh, they're trying to uh, highlight some of the you know black athletes, um, and they've well, but they also pick two sports where um, well, soccer not so much. What? the top players in soccer aren't necessarily all black, but it's not a sport. The top players that's dominated by white people. So, um, but I get what they're doing. And I really respect that. Uh, but they, you know, just highlighting some of those black players. Um, and it's very tastefully done. Like you almost have to really pay attention to the commercial to figure out what they're doing. Um, and I respect that because I hate stuff being, you know, shoved in my face. But again, back to the to the Super League between the EU and FIFA, it was never going to happen. I guess, it, I guess they stopped it. It was, it could have happened, but it, it's just really weird. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really like I'm frustrated. I mean, I you know I didn't really have a horse in the race because i don't watch that much soccer one way or the other um you know i, I guess i kind of understood what the what those teams were looking at mm-hmm. but from what i gathered this is also something that's been talked about for a while now uh, or like kind of always threatened and then 
the lower teams are like, here, we'll give you these concessions if you'll stay and blah, blah, blah. And then the big teams are like, all right, fine. Um, I just think if you were going to do that sort of thing, it needed to be better planned than what they obviously had. I think they, they ended up rushing it because as soon as word got out, they knew that there was going to be a push against it. Right. But I don't think that they expected the, the negative push that they got from both the players and the fans. Because um, And the, the fans mostly in Europe, right? Yeah. Uh, which is what I think they ultimately really cared about. But yeah. I don't know. Again, it didn't really not, didn't really affect me that much, so I I was paying attention more just out of kind of the, I guess the uh, cloak and under, dagger aspects yeah. of it. <laughs> I I've just I always find that stuff to be very interesting. Where you know it's like the was it the guy from Italy uh, who like the president of the Juventus uh, club who was like best friends with the head of the. UEFA and or like his it's his he's his godfather to his son or something like that and he like kept telling him like no it's fine nothing's going on it's all just rumors you don't have anything to worry about and then eventually just like turned off his phone and like as they're texting and calling back and forth and it's just like and then the guy you know the guy finds out like oh shit it's all real it's really it's like going boom down. yeah and so it's like, that dude like was like. Yeah, the the guy from UEFA was pissed, which I mean, I I get right. Uh, they looked at it as a huge threat to their livelihood, whether or not that was really accurate. Um, but if nothing else, like they like being in charge, they don't want somebody else going around them and feeling like they have this other league that they have to, you know, contend with or put up with or you know, con- well, meet with I concessions. I don't think it's that. Uh, it was ever that big of a deal. I think they kind of, um, I think there was backroom like influence on that decision to kind of derail it. So, and when oh, I'm talk, definitely. <laughs> like, like the fans would have been okay because I think the the key thing for that, if you take the top tier teams out and you let the other leagues or the other you know that other league survive, right? you can actually see some players get some exposure. That makes the game better. Most of these players are going to go back to their, their national teams anyway, right? Um, to tie it into the uh, U.S. men's team, it was a U23 team. So when I said the B team, I first of all, I shouldn't have said that. That was I think that, you know, looking back on it, it's kind of disrespectful. Um, yeah, way to go, Andre. <laughs> I mean, I, I had to think about it. What, my neighbor's daughter plays for the uh, she's probably u20 now she plays for uh carolina and also the uh i want to say u20 team so that means eventually she'll get to a point where she's you know able to participate hopefully it'll be kind of huge in the olympics so i had to when i said that and i thought about it, i was like well that's probably not fair to younger players to call them the b league <laughs> but they made some F league mistakes. So, um, so you don't feel too bad. I don't feel too bad. I, I, I think too bad. Yeah. When you, when you peel back the covers on that, on that whole story, there's a, there's a lot of systematic things that led to them losing. So they have less practice time. Uh, the MLS won't release players in the right amount of time to, you know, practice. 
the coach is only there is a part-time gig for the most part. So there are systematic it's things. It's U.S. That, soccer. Well, the, that's the underlying issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I like part of me doesn't want to like admit to that, but it's true. That's but that's unfortunately, the issue. yeah, like that's right. just. And I, I don't know it. It's disappointing because I think you know we've seen when we've had good World Cup teams, right? Like or good Olympic teams, Americans will get into soccer. Um, but you know, I just the rest of the year we don't really, or the rest of the two years <laughs> in between we don't really seem right. to give a crap. Um, you know, even with all the local soccer stuff going on here in the U.S., um, there just doesn't. I mean, there's been more buy-in now than I think there ever has been before, which is great. Um, and so, hopefully, it's, it's more on like a growing trajectory. It's for women's forward, soccer, but, though, because well, the women's I'll, team. Some of it, but I think like a, a lot of the FC teams and stuff like that. Right. The men's teams have started to grow in some popularity. Well, okay, I'll give you that, but I think a lot of. Well, I still think that when the the women win, even in friendlies, like the sports world goes crazy. Right? I mean, the women, yes. Like if the men's team was run, I don't want to say the same way that the women's team is run, but like if we had a, sa- a similar level of competence, <laughs> I think in the way that, that they've approached the women's team. Um, well, be careful, like pay-wise too. No, obviously. <laughs> I just mean in terms of like their ability to, I mean, to have the talent to go out and participate. That's, yeah, that's the key word. I, think, I mean, yeah, y- yeah. you can have all of the strategy you want, but if you don't have the horses to go run the races, like it's not, it's ultimately not really going to matter. And I just think at, at the end of the day, that's where the U.S. has come up short kind of consistently is it seems like we just... We don't have the same depth of talent that a lot of the other right. leagues do. We have some great stars over the years, but it, it just on the men's side, it hasn't been deep enough, consistent enough, especially over the last right. like what 10, 15 right. years here. Um, it's just it feels like it's fallen off a cliff more or less since you know, like the Freddie Adu, you know, end of the uh, Landon Donovan yeah. era. Like that was. That was pretty much it. That's the last time that I remember. I mean, wasn't that the last time that we were really like in the World Cup? No. Uh, uh, did we go one time after that? Yeah, with with Dempsey and uh, Pulsnick and um, okay. uh, Altador. I mean, so there's like the – it all depends. I think the key thing you, you mentioned was the depth, right? And when you look at women's soccer, you, you probably see a couple levels deep on the bench. When you look at men's soccer, you don't. You don't see that as, as much. Um <clears throat> Do you want a great analogy? Sure. This is better than my uh, Interstate 40 analogy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Scav's <laughs> better. First off, it's NC State, so we can start there. It's already better. But NC State men's and women's basketball programs. Gosh. Just look. Sure. Give me a second, right? Okay. So <laughs> No, no. Let me just let, let me take a beat because in my mind, I'm kicking myself because I knew. <laughs> you knew like, this is where I was I, coming. I think I ignored it for a second. Yeah, you were <laughs> you kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. So the women's team has now developed like a significant amount of depth on the roster. Right. Of v- just like very talented players. And after winning the ACC back-to-back seasons and then 
going out, I think, before they made it to the Sweet 16 or in, maybe in the Sweet 16 uh, in the NCAA tournament, they added like two or three transfer players that were, I think, a rookie of the year in the SEC and a player of the year in the SEC. Right. So it's just it's that, like the rich get richer kind of thing. But it's like <laughs> they just keep adding more and more depth. And the problem that the men's team has had consistently is it's like we lose one player and the whole team starts to kind of tank. I mean, that happened this last season when, I mean, and the team did way better than most people expected with like Devin Daniels going down, but you have to be able to have that next player. You can't have that huge drop off. Right. I mean, that's where I think Carolina was so strong for so long was, I mean, their second five could be most start start five, most starting fives on other teams. And so there wasn't that big drop off when the bench guys came in to relieve. And if anything, like you had some guys that were probably just as good, if not better. Yeah. Carolina's always had, had the ability to have like uh, those rotations be pretty clean. Um, And you're right. I, I agree. And I'm not, I'm not here to crap on state today because I think that the state's problem is a management issue. It's not the lack of, ability or talent i think they've struggled with what that looks like right uh i think they recruit only for one 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 or two years um if i'm being super honest right so that they may not go and get that uh super dope freshman that's probably not going to leave in three years they may get somebody they think is going to be great for a year or two um and, that, and i think that's like one of the criticism i have for nt state's you know, basketball program. Uh, the The women's team is not like that, uh, but but of course, in, it, you don't have the early departures in women's basketball that you do in men's basketball. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of it's it's a comp, it's a complex issue in sports, right? And the parallels between the two are kind of like yeah, but it's the same. It's technically the same school, same program. What's the problem? Right. Yeah. That's. It's a quick problem to solve. Stop recruiting <laughs> for a year. <laughs> but I think, I mean, you you do point to something that I think is really interesting because, you know, college basketball, men's college basketball used to be that same way because, yes, there was the lure of the NBA, but the money wasn't so significant. You know, right. it wasn't like, you know, getting $25, 30000000 million signing bonus when you get drafted in the lottery, like, it is now, and so guys would stay three, four years consistently, right? I mean, you'd have guys that would sit on the bench for three years and then play their senior year, and that was it. But right, you know, the whole time they were learning. I mean, you know, they would they would sub in, but then were starting as seniors, that sort of thing. And that's, I think, again, like you see a lot more of that in the women's game because you don't have those early departures. Um, although, I mean, the women's game and the men's team or game this year are dealing with a huge transfer flux yeah, because of I, the one-time oh. transfer rule, which I don't know. The whole thing with that, with the transfers, like I, there's something about that, you know, come in, spend four years, be with the program, you know, kind of serve your role and then hopefully move on to bigger and better things. But this like... But I also but, understand kids signing on somewhere. The coach leaves. Now they're stuck with somebody that they didn't sign on to play with. Why should they have to stay there? Like, what obligation do they have to that school beyond right. you know the opportunity that they were given? That means that they got to stick it out for four years. 
Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily hate that, but it's it's been like a lot. <laughs> it's like every it headline I've seen, I'm like, wow, it's a lot. So, uh, I I also read that Mac Brown is moving like within a mile of the practice facility at UNC. <laughs> Is that like, so he can ride his rascal over there? <laughs> I have no clue, dude. But I just think that the insanity of college sports, uh, it, it's only going to get worse. The coaches are making a, a lot of money while the kids are scraping by, which is still, I think, just wrong. Uh, I, f- I, feel like, I feel like the college sports bubble has to burst at some point. But how? When you have, like the last, what, four years, it's been a – a non-predicted team winning like championships or titles, but it's not. So it's not about that. I think it's more what it's more about the litigation. I think or legislation gotcha. that is ultimately going to burst that bubble. You know that once enough of these cases make it far enough and start have kind of setting precedent, and then other players come forward and start filing lawsuits and that sort of thing. I feel like there's there will have to be a change to at least, you know, the ability for players to earn money off of their likeness. Right. I think ultimately it could implode the entire game of college sports at, for football and basketball on the men's side. Like I, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if we essentially end up with a separate, but somehow related like sports entity, you know, to essentially remove, the, the necessity of like student athletes and that sort of thing, that it becomes more of an amateur team sponsored by your local college kind of deal. Really? I don't know. I think that would be kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like I just got really complicated. Like that's like a whole thing. I'm like, wow. But that I would say be just kind of... blow it up and we'll start over and see what happens. But you have the minors, right? So the, it goes back to what well, we you do about. in some sports, but not in football. Uh, you do. You have arena football in, in not a lot of states. You have really? Canada. Really? Okay. I, I'm saying there there are options. Basically, uh, you could. I, I know the Raleigh Dragons were a thing for a while, right? So the, those leagues die, though. That's the thing. So my, there there well, have been and they're pe- not generally a feeder to the NFL. I mean, the closest was probably the what the. AAF or the A, whatever the AFL that wasn't the AFL but the XFL it, no it wasn't I mean the XFL was I think had a chance right but it was the other one the it wasn't the USFL because that was the one back in the 80s but they had that other startup league that came right before the XFL and they had started playing pay, paying players and then they ran out of money who was it it was uh, it was uh, Dundon right oh yeah 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 yeah. Forked over a bunch of money to try and, or you know, the, whoever the guy oh, it was the guy that was the Panthers is who it was. Yeah, um, it's doable. I mean, it's really well, doable. Exactly. I think there's the problem that you run into is football. It's TV licensing. That's, well, yeah, like you got to have the TV. You got to have somebody that's going to carry the TV package. Right. That's that's the problem. But there's plenty of. I feel like there's a lot of. I mean. You go local. You don't try to. You go. You go local first, right? And or regional, uh, or actually and regional, and you grow just like the MSL did. 
you don't have to have like primetime games. You go local regional packages and you start out somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if that's MSL- what you have to do on the so- on the so- on the sorry, on the TV side of it. Yeah, but that's where you get most of the money to afford a good majority. Like you're not you're probably not going to get in ticket sales for a while. Uh, if you look at the uh, the the courage they sell out most of their games like for, and I'm always late and I've been trying to like just buy season tickets just so I can go watch them. But it's like, if you're trying to get like two, three weeks out, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know. I, I think there's room for improvement, but it's, if we take away sport, like the, the word sport from athletics, right? If we take, if we pull that out and people aren't, they're only paying for a paycheck and the, the, the team uh, management, it's only trying to get that next dollar. Athletes are just, they're not that unique anymore. They're just another commodity uh, or actually just like a, a non reusable resource. And, you know, I, I just think that gets super complicated. So like the fans won't enjoy the sport anymore. Like lost, for example, the Raiders, they went to Vegas. Yeah. Right. Who won there? The owners of the team. Nobody else. The fans didn't win. The athletes didn't win. Yeah, uh, look but at the I mean, Chargers. So like the, the Chargers. Okay, the Chargers, is, I think, is a much better example. Like, the Raiders were okay. trying to stay in Oakland, and they couldn't get a deal uh, for a stadium. And even then, the, with the Raiders, I think because they'd moved around a bunch before, mm-hmm. when they first went to L.A., they still had fans in Oakland. When they left LA, they still had fans in LA. And I think they still have fans in LA and Oakland now, even though they're in Vegas. And so for the right. Raiders, like, I don't think it really mattered ultimately. I don't I don't know. Like, yeah, I think the local fans lose, but Vegas isn't that far ultimately from Oakland. You can grab a Southwest flight for like sixty bucks. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. like, you could go do that. That's not the end of the world. Um Granted, like San Diego to Los Angeles is not, you know, um, uh, you know, across the continent or anything like that. Right. But the issue there was that the Chargers had been in San Diego forever. And they I mean, like they had no fans there when they left and nobody wanted them in Los Angeles. Like, right. so I just that seemed like such a lose lose across the board, like the team lost. The fans lost. The NFL lost. Like, do you really need two teams in LA? Has that done you any good whatsoever? Like, no. And I mean, I don't know if you've read anything about or heard anything about like the, all the dysfunction in the Spanos family that owns no. the Chargers. But like, so uh, the dad who originally, you know, like had bought it years ago passed away so then it was the trust that was running and amongst all the the siblings right and right. other family members that had bought in and dean spanos i believe got put one of the sons got put in charge of basically running the team he's effectively running into the ground now um and still is the nfl a 500 million dollar relocation fee well, by that's the way good. That's uh good. to move to la and share a stadium with uh, Stan Kroenke, who's just a, I'm sure, a delightful uh, landlord. Um, but yeah, I mean, so basically, his sister is now suing the trust to say that they have to sell to force him to sell the Chargers because the 
team is costing the trust money that they're it's when it's supposed to be generating them profit because but because he doesn't know what he's doing <clears throat> essentially he's operating it into the ground <laughs> so i guess sports isn't in, in for a day of reckoning it's kind of like uh, jake paul continuing to get press for, <laughs> the only thing good about jake paul like recently is pete davison <laughs> yeah like just ripping them apart. I just think that that was great. Um, I mean, again, like I just I feel like that was such. I don't. I don't watch a lot of boxing, right? I don't watch a lot of UFC. I used to watch a lot of professional wrestling, so I know a dive when I see one. <laughs> and I am here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that Jake Paul did not knock anybody out he hit somebody in the face who fell down and said pay me my money <laughs> well it was a buck 20 fight so it was like you know i'm like a buck tw- like a minute 20 get knocked out b come on um i don't know like i don't i have i don't know jake anything about jake paul i just know the internet does not like this kid no um, and then yeah. that he likes it that way the yeah. truth be told like this is just a it's it just another, yeah. It's another internet, you know, persona where let me be a giant douchebag that the whole world can hate on, but they'll pay money <laughs> to hate on me, right? <laughs> they'll pay money to see the opportunity for me to get knocked out, and then they'll pay even more money next time when it doesn't happen this time. And that's well, all he's doing. I mean, it's just he'll keep finding bums, and I look, I shouldn't <laughs> say bums. He'll you keep did. finding people who are not boxers like people who aren't even at his level and he is not like i'm not saying he's nothing i would not step in the ring with jake paul like he's a big kid he's a big kid he's been training for boxing like he he obviously can throw a punch but i think if you put him against any legitimately trained boxer who's been you know not out of the sport for years and wasn't you know or like, even a real mm like a real like a striker mma fighter sure like that's a different conversation yeah right? exactly um not i mean not a ju- uh, judo or a, grappling, a wrestler yeah, yeah like a wrestling kind of guy yeah, somebody those, who those... isn't known for his boxing prowess right to begin <laughs> with like i mean and i think i made this comment when we went out like dude showed up looking like me like I swear, if I took my shirt off and took a picture, you'd be and I like cut cut it off from the neck up. You would not be able to tell me which one was me and which one was the dude fighting in a boxing ring. Yeah, and I we're the same think, age, so I mean, like, <laughs> it only gets worse from there. <laughs> I just think that it's a uh, it's like, come on, sports, you can do better. I mean, you can do better. but that's just it. That wasn't even sports. Like that was pure entertainment. Like I was talking about wrestling before. That's what that's is. This was Snoop Dogg putting on a concert. This was Pete right. Davidson doing his stand up bit. Like this was all. This is the new like. We can't just have a sporting event anymore, right? It's got to be all this production around yeah. it because. Well, the production value is crap if the the it's only a minute and twenty second. But like, that's just it. That's why it had to be everything else, right? Right. Because you if you paid fifty bucks. For that pay-per-view, right? You're pissed. And you only got, and literally all you got was a minute twenty-five fight. Like you'd, you'd be, yeah, you'd be calling up and throwing a fit. Dang it! (laughs) 
You know what I am excited for? What's that? Pop culture. Shang-Chi. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, that looks Has- really good. I'm I'm super excited for that as well. Yeah. Like yeah, that, that looks dope, man. Um, Especially now that I finished Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, uh, speaking of Falcon, uh, all right. So all three of those guys, my wife is re- like. First of all, we're watching. Wait, episode- all three of those guys. Yeah, so I uh, can't remember the guy that plays Shang Chi, but oh, okay. We, we actually watched Kim's Convenience. God, on Netflix. I thought you were going to say that John Walker was on that oh, no, list. And oh I was no, like, no, no, sir, no, sir. Need your wife had to have a talk. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so you know exactly where I was going, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh i know i know exactly what you were going with that because we've like, had this conversation before god i'm like you guys I, i'm i'm glad that all of them have jobs but like the fantasy of my entertainment is being ruined by my, my wife saying oh he's hot i'm like what are we doing here how man? insecure are you <laughs> i'm super insecure i know it's so cute <laughs> It's like crap, man. Uh, so you so you can't enjoy any of that now because of that. Well, I, I watched what you're uh, saying. We struggled through Iron Man. I mean, uh, Aquaman uh, with Jason Momoa shirtless the whole freaking movie. So uh, did I, I tell you I watched that? Aquaman finally. Yeah. So the same weekend that we watched Justice League afterwards, yeah. we went back and watched Aquaman. Um, I said afterwards, like, Aquaman didn't come out after Justice League. The whole timeline for DC yeah. movies makes no sense to me, um, <laughs> but it was it was better than I thought it was going to be. Again, this is another one of those where I swear because I went into it thinking this is going to be the worst movie since Avatar, which by the way, awful movie. Can we just yeah. like uh, yeah, just garbage. Yeah. But I went into that with really high expectations because everyone's like, oh, look at these blue people. Like, okay. Have you seen the Smurfs? Yeah, I could just go watch the Blue Man group. <laughs> um, but yeah, Which, by like, the way, is a terrible show. I saw that in Vegas. Did you? Yeah. Oh, don't get it. But anyway. My I, roommate I, auditioned to be part of the Blue Man group at gosh. one point. He was like, he was really, he thought he was going to. What, now I'm very sorry I derailed you. What, no, it's okay. What? I don't even remember what we were talking but, about. Uh, Aquaman. You oh, yeah, just movie. Aquaman. It was better than I thought it was going to be. It's just really? another one of those movies where, uh, you know, again, I'm not saying it was good, right? But I'm saying... It was passable. It was an enjoyable two hours. Like, uh, there were plenty of parts where I'm like, that's ridiculous, you know? Or, really, guys? That's what we're doing? But... <laughs> Unlike some movies, it didn't. There were moments where it didn't, like the whole plot didn't pivot on that exactly. Right. You know, it was like, okay, I get it. You know, we, we were struggling to come up with something a little bit better in the writer's room. <laughs> so this is where we la- kind of left off, where, you know, somebody made a cut somewhere to s- save 30 seconds that would have really <laughs> explained this whole thing. <clears throat> Snyder cut. Um, they but yeah, I mean, it was just, I, again, I think my comment previously was, how do you make a good underwater movie? And it was, again, better than I thought it would be. I didn't, to be fair, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I just think there was too much in the story. I mean, there were um, certainly, 
I mean, how many times did Jason Momoa have his shirt off? Way too many. It's like he'd dive into the water with it on, but then magically it would just come off. But his pants always stayed on. I like that. (laughs) Like, I got to take my shirt off before I go swimming, but my jeans are staying on. Like, okie dokie. You know what movie suck though? What? Mortal Kombat. I watched uh I watched that on HBO Max. You watched the whole thing? Unfortunately. It started off so well. The beginning of the movie is the best part of the movie, and the end of the movie is the second best part of the movie. Everybody Everything- has been bashing that movie on Twitter lately. I have not it- seen it yet, so God awful. So I don't need to worry about it, is what you're saying. No, you can just watch that if it ever comes on TNT. Like, you're not missing anything. Like, we're talking a swing and a miss with three on and two out. Like, everything from the beginning of the movie, it was dope. I was like, yo, this is about to be lit. You get to the... Everything after that, you're like, God, like, are you guys trying? And then you get to the very end. You're well. The end fight scene, main, the main end fight scene, was pretty dope. Everything else, it was just not even a good movie. It was so awful. I would be so embarrassed to be a part of that movie. And they're already talking about sequel, Mortal Kombat two. Yeah, I'm like, please don't. They, I mean, they me. were already talking about it before they ever even released it. Like that was in the works. It was we're gonna make a fortune off of this ten series. You know, God. Well, I know uh, the person that plays uh, the main villain, I, and I don't—I'm not a big Mortal Kombat guy as far as like casually playing the game. Um, he's got a five-year or five-picture deal. I'm like, you cannot make five pictures out of this crap. It's awful. Like, this was terrible. But what was so bad about it? Like, I'm just everything. I'm- like the script, the story, uh, the action scenes just went. CGI on heroin. It was awful. It was an off. So they now I feel grew- like I mean I mean now I feel like I need to watch it <laughs> just so I can understand. It made me want to do everything wrong with like Mortal Kombat. Like I was gonna totally jack everything off of their their site into their YouTube channel. Should we do that next week? Like we'll just have a segment oh. where you can call out everything that you didn't like about it, and I'll I'll, oh, yeah. I'll prepare my list as well. <laughs> I, I can just tell you, like, there was nothing redeeming about that movie. It was, like, one of the worst movies I've seen. It The original was better. And the original, in my opinion, was garbage. And that's what everybody kept saying, was like, well, I'm going to go watch the absolute horrible piece of crap that was the original, because it's still better than this. So, yeah, I, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, that's disappointing. But I was never, like, that super into Mortal Kombat back in the right. day. Like, I mean, I... Street Fighter, I think, was more my oh, game. Yeah. You know, it was Me like, too. especially in the arcade, or the rather the the corner of the pizza store that had <laughs> <laughs> arcade machines. But in weren't it. those? But weren't those great times when you had like? They were I would go to the arcade. I would go to like uh, pizza shops with um, video games. You you put your quarter down and you're like betting the next game. Yep. I mean, those were good times. But, yeah. You know. Now all oh, we got man. is like boxcar. That's the best we can do. <laughs> It's like Galaga. Galaga was never like the game. Like I would never bet somebody on a game of Galaga. No, like, there were yeah. They have like they have some good games there, but they have NBA Jam. Yeah, but I'll just, give them that. There's just not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. That's the problem. And I, I mean, I get that those games are harder and harder to find. 
Well, yeah, but that's true. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, this is probably going to go into two things. Um, We're talking cars. Audi. I think Audi really owes Marvel a debt of gratitude. And just my like cursory view of what I see on the road right now, Audi everything. And it's probably, well, yeah, a lot of Audis. S7s, you know, A6s, A8s. It's like everybody's buying, buying an Audi right now. Um, it it kind of gives you this whole, like, the business perspective of, of the long game, basically. So, so you say that Audi owes a debt of gratitude to Marvel. But didn't they pay Marvel to have those vehicles be in all their movies? Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it, I guess it's just the brand association, right? It's like part now, of it, yeah. Yeah, so um, because I know people have probably been sitting around watching a lot of movies. You've got Black Panther with like the dope Audis in it. you got uh, everything with dope Audis. Like, okay. We're talking... Real quick, since we were just talking yeah. about it. Uh, the Snyder Cut... Batman's Mercedes Benz, the CGI Mercedes Benz, doesn't matter. Still dope. I'm okay. First off, I think it's a concept car, though. If I'm being, if I remember correctly, that thing looked ugly. No, it did not. It was ugly. It was ugly, dude. God, I wish we had like a soundboard. I'd hear like crickets or like uh, I need to have a sound of disapproval next time. I disapprove. I disapprove. Dude, no, that car I was... Just, I didn't... I, I, I saw it and I was like, why did they even put that Wide shot in Wide body coupe, gullwing doors, platinum. Yeah, that stupid finish. Like the mirror finish on the yeah. outside. Ugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like that is so gaudy to me. And I'm just... That is not my so style. If you had that, would you not drive that car if you had it? If somebody gave that car to you, would you not rock it? Okay. If somebody gave me, like, you know... A, and I'm sure it's a V12. Sure. Would you not drive a V12 I'm not Mercedes? saying I wouldn't drive it. I'm saying I would not spend money. I would not choose that as my vehicle if you oh, said... Oh, okay. If you said, like... You wouldn't purchase it. Right. You got, like, um, let's say, 800... Like, you would choose a McLaren over that car. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a concept. I don't remember where I read that. It was a Mercedes concept. I'm sure it is, but so I guess my point is to kind of compare that to what Audi did where they had their actual cars featured in these. Like when the R8 showed up in the first Avengers movie at the end. That was dope. Yeah. I mean, like that was. You can go out and be Tony Stark, right? Right. (laughs) And that was like. That was the physical car was there. Like this thing with Mercedes, it was just like, hey, someday you'll never drive this because we ain't going to build that shit. I mean, like that's what concept cars essentially are these days. It's basically like, look at this shit you're never going to get to own. Like, you know, and I know that it leads to stuff down the road. I just it's always made me laugh when and and that whole thing, I just didn't get it. It was so it was so weird to me. I totally think it's about playing the long game, and I think companies like uh, they've they've lost the, um, the the ability to do that in a a, a meaningful manner. You know. Well, I think uh, part of it, and maybe this is just me, but as a consumer, 
I feel like I'm pretty quick to spot the pretty obvious ad placements, you know? Right. Like, I it's one of my least favorite things that they do on uh, network television is when they have cars featured in there and they have like a 15 second segment where it's all about the features of the car, you know? And it's like right. somebody using the hands-free, you know, call home, you know, or whatever, or, you know, look at the inside of this thing. Is it a spaceship? No, it's just my new Ford Taurus. Like, oh, <laughs> I cannot st- like it's worse than those freaking Chevy real people commercials. Yeah. I would rather be subjected to 24 hours nonstop <laughs> of that than having to watch these freaking people try to shoehorn. I mean, it's like Wayne's world, you know, it's like Pepsi, the choice of a new generation. I mean, like that's where we are with this stuff. They've gotten so lazy about it that, to some degree, it doesn't have that same impact that it did when you just see it. Like, the R8, to some degree, I knew, right? You know that Audi paid for that. But at the same time, you went, that makes sense because, yeah, Tony Stark's driving the freaking coolest car around. Right. Like, he's but, got the first but, one. <laughs> but they were so subtle about it. It wasn't like the interior shots. It was like the angles of the vehicle. It right. was the... He rolled up uh, in it, and then he pulled yeah. up, and that was pretty much it. It was just like... Did you see that? Did you see that car? <laughs> and then you're going home. You're like, go, 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 go. What was that car? I want to see the R8. You know, like that's yeah. what that was. That was that was really well done. And so, yeah, I mean, like kudos to Audi and kudos to Marvel because they obviously figured out how to market high-end German vehicles to Americans. And I'll tell you what. I mean, like uh, it just kind of just kind of cements my belief that my next luxury car might be a German car because they just do, they do tech better currently, which is weird. Uh, I, th- I would think that Lexus and infinity would figure that out, but they haven't. Um, the Genesis is a nice car, but, uh, probably might be buying Audis in the Powell household. Um, yeah, but I think they definitely owe that to Marvel. And I kind of, like I started seeing it more and more. Like they're subtly putting more cars and vehicles in Falcon Winter Soldier. I'm like, this is not the first time I've seen this. Yeah. <laughs> so let me play it back. See, right? and that was so, another one where I felt like, for the most part, pretty decent job of product placement. You know, right. and and that's the thing where I, it's not like I'm sitting here going, I don't want to see a single logo of something, you know, in here because it's completely like no. But at the same time, like don't shoehorn it in in such an awkward way where it's like well we were, we cut these other five minutes because we had to we had to get our product placements <laughs> in you know i mean jeez, i don't know i i'm excited about it um i think that it shows a probably there there is a good blend of uh the social aspect of buying right so when, when you design a website uh, you're, you want to put in social proof and, you know, things that kind of validate your product or service. So, right, like the number of times something's been downloaded. Yeah, yeah. Even if Those, that number is not accurate. Well, you know, that's only an E-area. But, um, you know, <laughs> on the flip side, you have technology go, go to crap like Tesla. And the the thing I get confused about with them is their fanboys, um, they deny the facts and reality of no we 
this is probably not safe. So the, the car crashed in Texas. The driver was in the passenger seat. There was somebody in the back seat. Why is that a good idea? Like, and how is car- how is the passenger seat any more comfortable than the driver's seat? I I, I don't know. Now, if you are both in the passenger seat, <laughs> there's there's a whole nother right. Because on the driver's <laughs> side, you got the steering wheel to deal with. I understand complications, but come on, like. Here's a whole other problem. I just think that it's, um, I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, I know that Elon Musk is going to be the host of SNL. And I think, I believe it's May. But, so I'm not trying to, like, attack him. I just think that as far as technology goes, there's, there are responsible things you should do with your tech. There are responsible messages you should deliver to your consumers. I would use Tesla as an example of doing the exact opposite of that. Um, but you have to take, you know, you have to own the accountability of when things go south. I, I just don't think they've done a good job of that. Well, uh, part of it, I think, is because in a lot of cases, owning accountability equals liability, right, in mm-hmm. this country. And so if they start admitting that it's kind of like, well, maybe this feature that we built in the car isn't so great because people keep feeling like this is something they can do. That somebody goes, well, they obviously knew about this at some point and made the decision to put it in there, so let's sue the pants off of them because, you know, Jimmy decided to get in the passenger seat while he plowed into a, you know, oncoming tanker truck. Or or Jimmy's in the trunk. I mean, (laughs) seriously, like, this is a... Look, I love for us to be at a point where we had self-driving cars that just took care of it and you could just chill. So it's basically like riding on your own private train, right? Like, yeah, that'd be great. We're not there yet, folks. Like this is, these are safety features in case something happens, right? This is not designed to be like, but, but the problem is that like you're saying, Tesla doesn't come out and say, this is not a replacement for a physical driver in the seat. Why should the car be able to operate without, I mean, like, cars have sensors, right? My car freaks out when I put something that's a little too heavy in the passenger seat, but don't have the seatbelt buckle, right? Because yeah. of the airbag. You're telling me that my Tesla can't tell whether or not my ass is in my seat? <laughs> You're telling me that the auto drive function doesn't have a thing that goes, oh, there's nobody in the driver's seat anymore. I should I should pull on. over. Right. I should stop. I should not be able to. The car shouldn't be able to activate. And I, and I again, I'm not trying I, to I, rain. On, I'm not trying to rain on the guy. I just think it's very irresponsible. I think that um, the the disas- like the the disassociation consumers have to what they purchase and what have you just blows my mind. You know what services they use, like. Um, Let's talk about technology. For example, TikTok, they're getting they're getting investigate, investigated again, and how they they take the data from uh, or they're using the data for minors. Mm-hmm. It's probably no different than uh, Facebook being pissed at Apple because they feel like Apple is hindering their business model by caring about consumer privacy. Right. We were we were doing something on Sunday, yeah, Sunday, and we were shopping. We we're at a like a TJ Maxx home goods or something, just like browsing around and stuff. Bro, I kid you not. By the time we got home, my wife's like, look at my phone. And every ad on Facebook were things we were talking about 
in the TJ Maxx home goods. And I'm like, I don't know how else to tell you this. Delete that app off your phone. <laughs> like, I just don't know how else to tell you. Um, so, yeah, it just, it blows my mind. It, it blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, and the, the TikTok thing, I feel like that was from the get-go. It was kind of like, hey, guys, do you see what you're giving away in terms of your data privacy rights in order to download this app? And I've never once, like, I guess in some sense, thank God I'm old enough that I didn't have right. to worry about, like, keeping up with that stuff. Like, Snapchat was pretty much the last fatty, fatty, not fatty, uh, thing that I really, like, kind of, and that even then, like, I was in it way late, and right. I'm probably one of the few people who still has Snapchat on his phone. Um <laughs> But it's basically just me and Christy sending pictures of our dogs back and forth to each other. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. Uh, that I, I do believe right on one hand, like, the consumer needs to be responsible for their own decisions in this stuff. Um, you know, I think when it comes to data privacy, there's probably a not, not enough education that's being done to... Please tell me more. Okay. Uh, <laughs> since you asked so nicely. Um, well, I just think we live in a world where accepting the terms of service, right, or the user agreement without reading it all the way through is... The norm? Yeah. Do you read the terms of service before you you agree? All the way through? Every word? No. Right. But I also don't. Uh... Okay. Yeah, I don't have a, a, a. I just I think it's unfortunate that we've gotten to a point where it seems like, in order to have an honest understanding of what we are agreeing to, we'd have to have right. a law degree or pay a law firm to review it for us, right? I mean, like, should you have to enter into a legally binding? contract just to be able to download an application for your phone like a, a game or you know like a social media app that seems kind of crazy well it's no different than the uh, people that are so i guess there's a, a user that had like twenty five thousand dollars worth of content they bought from uh itunes mm -hmm. or apple which is a lot that's to, that's to, ridiculous yeah and they don't own it you have a problem friend like yeah, <laughs> like, like the surface layer is like that's a lot. the The layer next, but you know, right below that is that the person like, doesn't actually own any of that. You don't, you don't own it, right? So, they're I guess they're in the process of trying to sue Apple because um, they felt like when they were purchasing it, that was not a licensing agreement where they're right. licensing the rights to play it on their own, but rather in I'm purchasing this. And I mean, granted that is a, it's an interesting case when it comes to the digital realm, right? Because right. there was a whole thing that came up with uh, VHS tapes back in the days of blockbuster and family rental stores, right? Cause those VHS tapes were two, $300 a piece. Nobody could really afford them. And so the rental stores would buy them and then rent them out. And the movie uh, theater company, not movie theater companies, but the production companies sued 
and said, you can't redistribute that. That's our protected work. And the Supreme Court said, no, they bought it. Now they can do whatever they want with it. Once they've you've sold that copy of it to them, they are allowed to then rent that out because that is their personal property. You you don't own the rights to that specific like they can't to redistribute the it you know like reproduce right. it but they can let other people borrow it for a fee, yeah. Um, yeah. but that's basically yeah I mean that's basically the same thing that you're doing there at iTunes you know like you're you're borrowing it you're paying a fee to borrow it indefinitely <laughs> i mean but think, like spotify right like i had to explain this to my kid because she's like do you have every song and i'm like no i have spotify and she was does spotify have every song i was like no but they have a lot of music that's available and what we basically do is we pay a fee every month in order to be able to access all of the songs that they have so that wherever we are we can play the music that we want to but you know, like if we stopped paying for our Spotify account, we wouldn't have any of this music available to us anymore. We'd have to go find it somewhere else. Like Pandora. I know that Spotify is raising their prices again. It's like a dollar. A dollar? Yeah. From for The family plan is going from fourteen ninety nine a month to fifteen ninety nine a month. That's not bad. No, it's nothing. I love I still Spotify. Like, I still, yeah, I like Pandora better. I know. Like I just, I just. The family just plan on Spotify is what got me. Like being able to have different profiles that are all managed under one. Um, right. You know, I, I can have a separate one for my daughter so that for, to some degree I can kind of filter out all of the music that she likes to listen to from the recommendations and everything that I end up with. Although it's pretty much a lost cause at this point. Um, <laughs> mostly because I like all of the music that she listens to. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. A lot of Kelly Clarkson and, you know, pink. Mm. I like pink a little bit. It's jamming out um, to some Taylor Swift on the way home today. Hard pass. T Swift, okay. baby. <laughs> don't they call her Tay Tay? Isn't her like her? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I heard the the Rock refer to her as Tay Tay. I'm like, sure. Right. I mean, he would know. Yeah, so. <laughs> he's got a daughter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. So aside from all that, like, uh, well, yeah. Two things I want to talk about. One, how's your Mac Mini? Oh, I thought you were going to ask both questions. Um, okay. And okay. And well, secondly, let's talk about Riverside.fm. Okay. Um, Mac Mini is great. I love it. <laughs> it so I got uh, the exact same setup that you did. Um, so the 16 gigs, 256 SSD, I've got a separate two terabyte, uh, SSD. Um, today was spent doing some fun things, basically moving all of my data from my old backup hard drives to my new SSD so that I can actually access it much more quickly. That's cool. Um, the external hard drive that I had that had crapped out on me before and that it was having trouble accessing. So, mm-hmm. I plugged it up to my Mac mini today and I'm trying to go through the same process cause it won't mount. And I pull up the list of volumes, you know, that are on, under disc utility. And it says that the data type is Microsoft basic data. And I'm like, how the ever loving F <laughs> this thing has not been connected to a windows machine. And I don't even know how long. And you're telling right. me that somehow 
between the time I last had this connected to my <laughs> Mac laptop and plugging it in here that the data structure got changed to Microsoft Basic Data. So then I'm going into this whole thing of like looking, how do I change the data structure without losing all of my data, right? Right. And I'm finding this, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember I was like, okay, well, hold before I go through all of this, maybe it would be easier to just plug it into my Windows machine and get the data off of it that way, right? Through the Windows machine, and then I'll figure out how I move it over here later. But just get it off of there so I don't have to worry about this. And let's just see if this like Microsoft Basic Data thing is even going to... I plug it in, and it works fine. Like Windows is like, yeah, we know what this is. It's Microsoft Basic Data. We got this. And I'm like, are you... Okay. So I'm like, great. I'll take care of this later. So I eject it. I come over here. I plug it in. And it works on here. Wow. So I have no idea. Basically plugging it into a Windows machine said, oh wait, I'm not Windows formatted. I'll go back to being Mac formatted. I don't I don't even know. I didn't even bother to look at it to see if like the data type had changed after it started working. I just started copying stuff off of it. <laughs> just like, oh my God. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm out of here, dude. Get me get me away from these freaking I mean look, I love my Western digital, right? That's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Western digital they sell, little they sell Jeeps too. Yeah, Jeeps. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the little passport external hard drives they were great um right. like i have a one terabyte and a two terabyte but they're too slow is the real issue and then yeah. this whole like disconnecting not being able to you know mount like i was just you know what guys i'm done done <laughs> we're breaking up yeah seriously <laughs> that's funny no i i that's cool so uh have you noticed a lot of speed improvements? I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, so I'm trying to think. I mean, everything is faster. Like th- my MacBook Pro, late 2012, I think it was, or late 2013. So it's it's getting it's, up there in age. Yeah. And I had a lot of crap piled up on it. I need to go through and just kind of clean it all up. But it was having a hard time here recently. Uh, right. It was struggling through. You know, copying and pasting audio tracks from you know the raw recording file into a template uh, would take a couple of minutes here and there. And now it's like, it's like <laughs> exporting um, would take. I mean, if I was doing a full episode, it would probably take like audio only maybe four or five minutes before maybe a little less. And now it's maybe ten seconds. Wow, that's dope. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's lightning fast. Um, it boots up really quick. I've got the extra wide monitor. Uh, you know, it's not the curved, and it's only the 29-inch, but I love the extra space that I have on it. Like, what I basically got now is I've got Riverside set up on t- two-thirds, and I've got our, you know, uh, show prep dock is set up on the other third. That's a pretty comfortable arrangement. The one thing I had to get used to was whatever I'm using, if I need to use like the file, you know, the menu at the top, right? whatever window it is that I need to use that for has to be on the left. Because if you're going all the way from the right to go up to the left and then back over to the right, like it's just too much to it's move the much. mouse. Yeah, it's not it's not efficient enough. And so I Keyboard had to... Keyboard shortcuts? Yeah, but some, some things, some of the programs that I have, they don't have keyboard shortcuts for certain things. Okay. It's... 
I respect it's a that. Little frustrating. Audacity yeah. is one of them. That GIMP. I got really good with the GIMP keyboard shortcuts because I got. I hate their menu. Uh, right. Great program. Like I love all of the stuff that you can do in GIMP, but I just the, the user interface for like selecting the tools has never been my favorite. So yeah, I was just like Shift S scale. <laughs> Well, that's dope. I mean, I'm glad you like it. I I still love mine. It's like, um, it's night and day. Um, I will say that um, this is not a commercial, but Riverside.fm really, 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 really enjoy the platform. Um, And I'll say it's a piece of garbage. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. I was just trying (laughs) trying to be like the balance, you know. (laughs) But no, um, it's been really good to work with so far i i mean there's i have one minor complaint this like five five minutes um what's that which is just a sound effects thing so as you know some of you know we do we have music at the beginning we have our intro and outro music we have topic you know change kind of introductions and stuff like that and i like to do little sound effects every now and then because i think i'm creative and I spent a good chunk of the day today trying to figure out how I could pipe those in on a separate channel into Riverside. But I, for whatever reason, was just like not able to quite put it together. I think it's a, it's just a matter of not having quite the right hardware setup that I need. Um, so right. I, like I have some ideas on how I can probably fix it going forward, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's um it's pretty dope. Um the only thing I would say that kind of solidified my opinion is I looked at the competitors. Yeah. Like Welder and Squadcast, their subscriptions are like one's twice as much, the other one's two and some change much, you know, much more than what we're currently paying. But I, so if you're trying to do remote podcasting, I would really recommend it. And like that's competitively with the pricing and the features i think it's pretty great yeah Um, i mean especially if you're looking to add video um you know because i love the fact that you get two separate video feeds uh along with separate audio so you can basically do whatever you want if you do screen sharing that has audio which is where i'm running into my headache for the moment um (laughs) as long as you're sharing a tab within chrome you can record the audio and do a separate you know video capture on that um, you know, we were running into some issues with quality on Andre's end, but it, I think that was more just like a, a computer configuration sort of deal on um, trying to make sure that we had the highest quality you know, video output. Um, so once we were able to get that cleared up, that was really the big one. I love the fact that it's easy enough to bring guests in. Um, yeah. You know, we had Tony join us last week, which was awesome. Um, if yeah. you haven't listened to last week's episode, I highly recommend you go check it out. Um, just some really interesting viewpoints you know it's always nice to have somebody else i'm sure you know our fans even probably get tired of just hearing our you know (laughs) same viewpoints over and over again so um i thought you know it was really nice having somebody else come on and tony definitely brought uh you know his own perspective and um had some really good conversation yeah and i think it's great and i think that you know we keep talking about building your own platform Uh, i want to give a shout out to chris because well, I don't know if it's really a shout out. It's something like I'm trying to be nice. That's all I got. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we've 
you know, if you've noticed our video from last week was a lot different from the one prior to that. A lot of that's a combination of Riverside and also DaVinci Resolve. And, um, you know, Chris and I were talking, you know, outside of this, these podcasts and I'm like, dude, it's cool to learn stuff, you know? So being in the spot where we were at and having the opportunity to learn a new skill was kind of dope. It's, it's super, you know, it's one of the things I enjoy about being like an adult. It's like, you can always go learn something else. Um, and Chris in his own way, uh, encouraged being very encouraged. It's like, dude, you like he, well, to paraphrase, you write software, you can probably figure out (laughs) like a video editing program. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. But it was also to help my boy out because I'm like, dude, we're like, we're stacking up episodes. (laughs) Yeah. We gotta, we gotta make this work. So, uh, it's, you know, as you're building your platform, if it's just you solo, map it all out, you know, figure out what that looks like. If it's you and somebody else, figure out how you guys can complement each other and, and make each other, you know, better and help the process along, which is, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Um, it's not as complicated as you may think it is. It's just a matter of trying and putting the work in the effort. in. so, um, you know, what we did that was a little bit different. We took an older episode and I, you know, use that as a a sample for DaVinci, watched a metric ton of YouTube videos and kind of got a feel for it. And, uh, we're, our progress and our end product will continue to get better going forward. But the big gap that we were having was how do we make the video side by side so you can see our reaction so we can add guests, uh, improve the quality, there's a lot of things that we wanted to do, but we just weren't able to do it with uh, Zoom. So um, Riverside, a uh, good foundational block in our platform. Uh, DaVinci Resolve, uh, a good addition to our toolbox. So we're super excited about that also. Yeah, you know, and I think I look at it a lot like the way that things kind of worked with the audio side, right? When we first started out, the I mean, the first episode, we weren't even recording when we first started talking. <laughs> We didn't have an intro or an outro. We had no, you know, like nothing, essentially. It was just us talking for an hour. Um, And then each time we figured out, like, okay, hey, we'll put some music in. We'll do some, you know, we'll adjust this. Even the quality of the audio recordings got better because we upgraded, you know, our process. I found out how to use the tool that I was using. Um, you know, then we upgraded equipment so that we could try and get even better there. And I think each step along the way, you know, it's been exciting because I feel like we've taken the time to figure out, okay, what is the right next avenue for us to take, right? Getting ourselves started on the audio side where at least for us initially, that was kind of a comfort area, you know, like it was something I felt really comfortable being able to do. Um, we were able to do probably more than if I think if we'd started with video, you know, right. um, now we're at the point where we have a lot of this foundation and it's figuring out how do we sprinkle this video stuff in on top of it to make it even better. And, you know, it, it has been exciting watching the show kind of evolve, you know, um, over the last year and so, and, um, especially now, hopefully going forward, we're looking to have more and more guests. Um, 
so I think, and that's, that's one of the things I'm really excited about is just continuing to kind of broaden our perspectives, be able to bring in other people to kind of share their opinions and, um, you know, just continue to kind of drive these conversations that we have. Cause I mean, I enjoy it. I'm sure somebody else does too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I can't say it enough. I think it's great to be able to, um, to talk to your friends and family and, you know, I always call it my circle, right? So I have Chris and two other guys that they probably, they literally probably all hear the same conversation. And by the end of the week or the end of the conversations, depending on the severity, how many people I talk to uh, or who answers the phone first before eight o'clock in the morning. Cause I get up early. <laughs> so I get up way too early. So it's not normal. Uh, so if you answer the phone at six o'clock in the morning and I'm calling, it's like, oh crap, it must be pretty bad. And Andre knows not to call me at six o'clock in the morning. He's like, Chris is still sleeping. <laughs> Seven, it's a stretch. Eight is like, all right, it's probably not that bad. So, uh, and it's not that my life is in, in peril. It's just a matter of, you know, grow, have the right circle, then go to your friends and family. And then you can have the conversation with other people because you've kind of tested your 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 hypothesis of how you feel about something and people can help you to to make the right next steps and um and i think it's going to be great and awesome when we get more people that you know our friends and we have mutual friends and we have people and fr- like you know other people that we both may not know and one, only one of us knows them so it's i great can't wait for to me. have somebody on here that neither of us knows that'll be awesome that'll be yeah. weird how uh, that happened but. <laughs> <laughs> i know like <laughs> We know, we know nothing about you. <laughs> you got to fill us in. We don't even know why we're um, having you on here. Yeah. So uh, we're we're really gra- you know glad that everybody joined us today. Um, we hope that you guys like what you're hearing and now what you're seeing. You can always check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts. Tune in, and for the adventurous people out there in the group on our website, the Chris and Andre, or Chris and Andre, uh, is it? Oh crap, the Chris and Andre Show no. no, it's actually it's Chris. <laughs> what is it? It's ChrisAndAndreShow.com. <laughs> oh, at ChrisAndAndreShow.com, we have our RSS feed on, up there. Um, you can always find out more. You know, we haven't been writing a lot on our blog lately, but you can find every episode on ChrisAndAndreShow.com. You can always email us at the ChrisAndAndreShow at gmail uh, We're on Twitter at ChrisAndAndre, Facebook at ChrisAndAndre. They don't really add it, Facebook, do they? No, Facebook doesn't add anymore. It's We're just the Chris and Andre show on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Look for the Chris and Andre show on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, though, because I hate posting on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're always going to keep having these conversations, whether it's... Um, for a wide or small audience because we're, we're best friends and, uh, it, it helps me to reset every week. So that's, uh, good for my own mental health and well being. I'm sure my wife appreciates it and my daughter. So, uh, and they don't have to hear some of these conversations. Like I get really passionate about some things. So, um, yeah, like if you think these are really- the times you've called and it's just like, we're on the phone for like 45 minutes and I get off and Christy's like, <laughs> So what was that about? <laughs> like you guys were really, really talking there for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, such is life. Such is I life. I think it's super. I think it's super. Um, 
I was talking to, uh, I think my s- sister. Yeah, it was my sister. And I, you know, I was telling her like, Hey, uh, Tony did a great job. It's awesome to have him on you know, the show. And I just keep reiterating with people. It's cool. I know that women talk more than guys do, right? The things that we guys typically talk about are super superficial, like beyond superficial. Um, and we could probably help each other to be better people. And it's not like a, uh, be a better man. That's true, but be a better person in general. And a lot of times I find myself, I don't know about other people struggling with like those conversations. So I find it super helpful to speak to people and push back on things where I may miss something. Absolutely. If that makes sense. But as always, I'm Andre and I'm Dwight Schrute. (laughs) You're such an idiot. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time.